spine and sprocket. The book to read is not the one that thinks for you, but the one which makes you think. A classic is a book that is never finished saying what it has to say. No two persons ever read the same book. That is part of the beauty of all literature. You discover that your longings are universal longings, that you're not lonely and isolated from anyone. You belong. I am a man who is apt to have bad dreams. In my dreams, I am not falling or drowning, or even being roasted on a spit or some such thing by the Viet Cong, who at the time of the war were rumored to do piss-awful things like that to the boys they caught. My dreams are a little more messed up than that. I have no soul, and the godforsaken beast that had replaced it does more than take lives. It takes their spirits. So when I plop myself down on my lumpy mattress at night and go to sleep, I don't dream like normal people do. Instead, I experience the memories of people who aren't around anymore to remember their own histories. What makes a dream bad isn't reliving how they died. It's remembering how much my victims loved the men, women, and children they left behind in this world. In my dreams, I miss these widows and children as if I knew them. I have been responsible for the deaths of over 300 people over the years. Consequently, my nightmares are legion. Hello, everybody. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another exciting episode of Spine and Sprocket. Yep, yet another one. The, the greatest program on the web, other than the two half squats. The second greatest program on the web. And that wonderful opening clip you heard, read by Aaron Kleinschmidt. Music by Erdenstern, I think. Who? Erdenstern, I think. Morgenstern? Erden. Erdenstern. Oh. They're linked on our show. Oh, okay. Oh, yes. Right. Yeah, that was about his dreams. Yeah, this is from uh, the book. Today's, <coughs> excuse me, today's book is The Wolfman by Nicholas Picaro. 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 Yeah. Should he have called it the Wolfman? Should he have called it the Wolfman? Yeah. Yes. Why? Because it's about a Wolfman. Well, yeah, but the Wolfman is a film from 1941, as we said last yeah, year. Yeah, that's true. He could have called it the Werewolf Man, which would have set it apart. <laughs> yeah. Night of the Wolfman. Yeah. Dawn of the Wolfman. Yeah. Planet of the Wolfman. Yeah, yes. Beneath the Planet of the Wolfman. Conquest of the Wolfman. <laughs> which he does. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, you're right. I don't know about that. So I'm like, oh, is this going to be a rewrite of the film? But maybe they thought when people are looking for the Wolfman, the, the film, this will pop up and he'll get more. Yeah. So it's not copyrighted then? No, titles are not copyrighted. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. We could call our show anything then. We could call it Gone with the Wind. <laughs> we'll get a lot more hits. Yeah. So I found this, Jeff, because 
well, I like to do horror things. You like them too. Yes, I do. Yeah. And so I looked up. I think I don't know if I was thinking of doing the Wolfman. No, I had I wanted to watch American Werewolf of London in London with my with my daughter Megan. And then once I started watching, I'm like, we have to do this for Spy and Sprocket. Yeah. And thank you for agreeing. And sounds like you liked it from last week. I did. And then we're like, well, we like to match them with books. And you said maybe there's an adaptation of the movie. And we're like, well, we don't want to really do a book that's an adaptation of a movie. No, right? that doesn't do really. Yeah. Movies that are adaptations of books. Right. And then I found this list, five werewolf books. Just when you think everything you've ever heard about werewolves, werewolves are boring. It's all the same story. Right? Guy gets bit. Guy becomes a werewolf. Guy wants to kill his girlfriend. And guy gets killed. Yeah. Always the same. Well... I never get tired of that, though. (laughs) (laughs) It's timeless. Surprise Disney hasn't done it yet. Yeah, they haven't done werewolves. No. Or any lycanthropes or jackalwares. No. Um, So, the list was five werewolf books... That like have a great twist. Oh. That like show you you could still write. And there is such a list, huh? Yes. Oh. And on it, I grabbed two books. The other one was like Night of the Wolf or something. A much better title. I'm going to read it. <laughs> Less plagiaristic. I'm going to read it, and it was could be great for Spy and Sprocket because it's about Nazi werewolves. Oh yes. So our war listeners can hear. Yes. And our horror and fantasy listeners will enjoy it. Yeah. So. But That's again, a good we decided we're going to take a break for months from werewolves, maybe come back later. Yeah, right. Yeah, we'll do the we'll go back and do the Paramount films. Yeah. And the Paramount film was not based on any, you know, unlike Dracula and Frankenstein, which right. were based on older literature. Uh, Wolfman was not, and the Mummy was not, and the Creature of the Black Lagoon, Lagoon was, not. was not. Can't remember what other. In fact, I don't the Those creature the was ones. not even a creature from legend. No. I think he was purely invented for Universal. Yeah. Universal, right. He worked well. Yes, he did. I love the creature. Yeah. Can't get enough of him. He didn't get enough screen time, in my opinion. But No, and then that one sequel, they like chopped him up to try and make him human. Mm. He walked around that white clothing. Well, oh, I don't cut remember off that. his cool gill hands. Oh, did they really? Horrible. Oh. I hated seeing that. <laughs> His beauty was in his giant gill hands and feet, and when he swam, we used to oh, swim yeah. around the pool like we were the gill man. Yeah. With our hands like this. You can't see at home, listeners. Jeff, can you describe my movements? Yeah, you are painting a vivid picture with your movements. It's like you're a creature from a black lagoon swimming through a swimming pool with gill hands. <laughs> Thanks. But back to the wolf man. Yes. So I'm glad you found this book. This was oh, a good, good book, and this uh, interesting sad about the author he was a young it says here a young prolific writer who left the world too soon while volunteering as an nypd auxiliary police officer he was killed in the line of duty so this book was actually published posthumously yes because i read more about it either in the intro i think yeah did you read the intro uh he said you know i befriended this guy and i worked for a book company or something like that and then he said, do you want to read my book? <laughs> and so, of course, the guy's expecting the usual garbage. Yeah. Sure, I'll read your book. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And he's like, wait a minute. This is actually a great book. Yeah. 
very skillful writer. Reminds me of uh, kind of a cross between Stephen King, for obvious reasons, and Mickey Spillane. Oh, yeah. It's kind of got that... Nice. Uh, detective feel as well. Yeah, that as, uh, detective raw feel of Mickey Spillane, but also clever turns of, of phrases and um, dialogue and stuff that Stephen King is so good at. Yeah, and Nicholas Piccaro, or Piccaro was uh, volunteering with the auxiliary police when he was killed. Yes. He, so he loved that kind of thing. Yeah. And that opening shows one of the things that was unique about it, too, as he was talking about, as you heard, the dreams and the fact that the people that he kills come into him, their memories and their experiences. Yeah. So I thought that, now that was very unique. Never yeah. heard of that before in a werewolf um, story or film. Right. Yeah, and I thought that was that was an interesting addition to that. So, and, and this book is called The Wolfman, and it's about a guy who's a wolfman, and it's written in first person. Yes, mostly. Mm -hmm. Yes, his experiences as a wolfman, at least this a, a particular chapter of his life, we could say. His life was uh, pretty colorful before the book starts and continues. Well, I guess I gave it away, but he doesn't die at the end. Spoiler alert. Yeah. There would have been room for a sequel. He didn't die, did he? No. No, he went on. So he... Yeah, I thought that well, that was interesting. That the people he killed, he takes on their memories, which actually serves uh, serves him in this book as their as part of the plot line. And did that work for you? You you thought that was okay? Yes. I was yes. trying to I was trying to figure out the physics of it. You know, oh. how does that happen? Trying to get my chemistry book out. How does a eating somebody else's brains bring those memories into you? But he kind of uh, the author spends no time trying to explain some of the more fantastical uh, yeah, tropes. He, in yeah, the he book. doesn't feel you know, he needs to do it. He doesn't need to. Uh, yeah, he just says this is what's going on. Yeah, and this I don't is even, it. even kind of says I don't even get it. Maybe, but yeah, you know, this is what I'm dealing with. And so the character whose name was did you take those notes? Marlo. Marlo. Mm -hmm. And. Uh, yeah, here's a spot where last show Jeff mentioned music appears on the radio. Yeah. Roy Orbison's Mean Woman Blues was playing on the radio. Yeah, lots of references to the music in because this. Uh, he goes from town to town. Yeah, because he's trying to not get caught, not kill everybody. <laughs> and so, what does he decide to do, Jeff, with his werewolfiness? How does he make it righteous? Yeah, and I thought this was interesting because this. This book is really about an anti-hero werewolf. So he's a terrible, a terrible thing in that when he turns into a werewolf, he sort of can't help himself and has to go out and kill somebody. But yes, he decides that he can use his affliction for good by chasing after naughty people and killing them. Yes, although I felt the opening guy getting killed was that recently divorced, like, or wasn't he like an ordinary guy? He, he was killed him out on the road. Do you remember? Yeah, he killed him out on the road, and he had. He, it, like he reveals it. later, which I thought the author is very good at at sort of dropping hints about things that are going to come up later. But as I'm reading along, I think, wait a minute, what's he talking about? And then twenty pages later, he'll explain 
So what that kinda, is. Yeah, what that oh, is. Oh, yeah, like the reference to the woman in the past and things, yeah. too. So this, yeah. this particular guy that died uh, was involved in a hit-and-run. Well, yeah, see, that was an accident. It, but then he didn't come out and... He, but still, you know, it was an accident. Come, I know. It doesn't seem like a great reason to kill but, somebody. But I guess if you got to go pick someone to get go kill... I guess so. Better than the nice old lady that lives next door. True. So, yeah, he does choose to track down this guy so he can get their scent when he's a, a normal guy. Right. And then have that with him when he turns to the hybrid form? Or was he a full wolf? I think uh, that's a good question. Uh, he's a hybrid. Cause, oh, because he punches through the windshield. Oh, he does. Yeah, he punches through, drag, reach in and claw the guy. So I don't think a wolf could do that. Yeah, you're right. Be a hybrid wolf. Yeah, werewolf. Yeah, uh, part you know, still man shaped yet really. Does horrible. he keep his pants on? I don't remember. Does he keep his pants on? <laughs> no, when he his changes? clothing gets all ripped and torn and stuff. Oh, I think. It's horrible. I think. I know he has to clean the room up. Yeah. And there's like body parts of his old self when he transforms. So this also yeah. along the lines of American Werewolf in London, very painful transformations. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, he refers to that pain a lot. Yeah. And of course, he became a werewolf. His father was a werewolf. My my daddy. My daddy was a werewolf. <laughs> and when he would reach maturity, puberty would start to set in. That's why when he went to Nam, they were hoping he'd get killed before he became the werewolf. Right. In Vietnam. Well, but I think he wouldn't become the werewolf until his dad died. Oh, and that's the spirit right. that the right? spirit of the werewolf would leave his dad and come to him. Yes, you're right. And that also makes it unique. Yeah. In the werewolf. Yeah. It's not just a blood disease. Right. Right? Right. And so, and I kept thinking, boy, it's really, he. what a lousy dad he had. Because his dad never sat him down and said, son, I need to tell you something. <laughs> Which was really sad. True. Because he had no idea this was going to happen. He so, refers to taking the unfortunate death of his mother at the hands of a junkie in 1991 to change his life and with it the nature of the beast. Yeah. And so I think that's when he's referring to first deciding he could track down these criminals. Yeah. And the book sort of, the the book pretty much takes place in this one town, Evelyn. I can't remember what state it's in. I'm, I'm not sure they ever say what state yeah, it's in. Yeah, maybe not. But he sort of has uh, parked himself there for a little while. He's got a part-time job. Well, he's got a job in a diner. Oh, don't call it a diner. It's a restaurant, <laughs> as he makes it very clear. He's got kind of a job there and kind of a girl that he's seen, but there's weird things going on in town because a a serial killer comes to town. And that sort of sets up the plot line for most of the book is his interest in finding the serial killer and letting the werewolf loose on him. And what did you think of the of this character though overall? I mean, he's a pretty rough guy. He's a rough guy. There's a lot of swearing in There's this. There's a lot of swearing in this. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I'm not a big fan of that. Yeah. I don't think you are. And uh, some brut- a lot of brutality, a lot of punching. He, the guy spends a lot of time. This is the Mickey Spillane part. He punches <laughs> things. He smokes cigarettes and drinks coffee. That's pretty much what he does for the whole book. Yes. I felt that part of it was a little bit of his immaturity as a young man. Yeah. You mean... Oh, yes. As an as, author. As an author, yeah. Does that seem fair to say? I think so, yeah. I'm a seasoned gent like yourself, Jeffrey. Yes. Would not spend as much time describing your fist fight. Right. Um, and your toughness. And he pretty much punched it. I think he punched everybody in the book at least once. <laughs> Did he? Yeah, I think so. 
Yeah, the um, where did I take notes on this thing? Did I do these in order? Well, I he also falls in love with a rather unlikely woman. Yes. Yes, she's a, a woman of the evening. But one of the good kind. You know, kind of the Julia Roberts pretty woman kind. Yes. Yeah. The right. kind that are res respectable. And so, again, I thought that was a little bit not realistic yeah. in some way. Yeah. Or tad immature, you know. Oh, yeah, I'll be the guy that, you know, falls in love with the prostitute. Yeah. And, and she... Are we glamorizing that work in any way is a question I wondered about. Yes, right. Or, well, and I, I also wondered about a small town like this that has a house of ill repute that is fairly big, fairly big and well known and frequented by everybody in town, apparently. And I, I, that's why I want to know where this book takes place, Dave. Where is this place? <laughs> I do not know. I do not think he said. I do not think I don't he think said. He did. But he does have a relationship then with this uh, policeman. And I'm sorry, I did not take. They're friends. Place. It seems like you know they're friends. Yeah. Uh, he and again kind of shows his interest in police work in real life to the character yes. in the book. The young and he's oh there's been this killing. Of course it's the initial man he killed out on the road who did the hit and run. Yeah. And, and he's like oh well hope you can figure that out. This young man comes into town who's a traveling photographer. Yeah, Anthony. Anthony, thank you. And he decides you know hey I'm taking pictures of America. I'm going to do a book and and great you know he's going to. You know, it's a great character. He can get involved in the whole wolf thing and tracking down this Ben murderer we find. It's not just the werewolf. Yeah. But there's a... There's a serial killer, serial into, killer. in town who apparently has left a string of... Victims. Dead victims, yes, across a number of states. And uh, he just happens to come to Evelyn. And there are a couple of very brutal murders. And... Of course, the policeman, his friend, uh, Pierce, is working on the case, which gets Marlowe involved in it and interested in it. And he, you know, he really wants to set the, his werewolf side as, to help Pierce track this guy down and tear him up. Yeah, the, the rose killer, because he takes out people's eyes. Yeah, pretty gruesome. Yeah, pretty, gruesome. pretty gruesome. Kind of a cool, scary image, though. Yeah around Halloween. I did mark the page where you mentioned how the uh, curse got spread, and you already did say it, but it, he does say, if I could read a little bit. Sure. Curse of the Wolf had started with my grandfather's father, a man who lived to be 150 or thereabouts, and passed down the bloodstream, father to son. So when Jacob Higgins bit the bullet, my father became a werewolf. He knew it was coming. The curse had not been kept a secret from him like it had been from me. I had no idea that anything like this could happen outside of a Lon Chaney movie. So it wasn't actually spiritual. It is blood, but it couldn't hit you until your father died. Yeah. It sounds like. My father's secret didn't interfere with our home life too much, save for the silence and secrets I could almost taste, hanging in the air like dandelion spores. But once a month, my daddy would disappear, and I never knew where he went. He was a bus driver, but I never felt it would be good to ask why such a job required business trips on a regular basis. I think there was a part of me that believed, or at least wished, that he was a government agent, like in the Jimmy Cagney movies. You yeah, know, it's the film references that yeah. this young author is using. Mm -hmm. So I take it he's very well schooled in uh, a lot of the um, culture, American culture and yeah. film history and yep. 
Unless you just looked up, hey, who was that guy in that first werewolf film, Wolfman film? Yeah, no, I I get the feeling that he was, as you say, well-versed in this stuff. Yeah, and later he says about Doris, she was funny, smart, silky brown hair, done up a lot like the hot wife from the Dick Van Dyke show. Yeah. And had legs that wouldn't quit. And you're right, Grace, Mickey Spillane, kind of. Yeah. Legs that wouldn't quit. I mean, she was so much more to me, though. You know, a lot of cultural references that he uses. So again, for for a younger writer, I thought that was interesting. Yeah, all, I thought all of it, all of his writing was interesting to read. He had interesting turns of phrases. Uh, I'll be coming upon them here somewhere. I have some a bunch of them highlighted. But um, you know, very quick moving and uh, just a great style. Yeah, and when he became his first time a werewolf. He was in Vietnam, under fire, Yeah. and it sounded like this. I jumped up like I was on fire. I had to run. There was nowhere to run, but that was the moment that the combat broke me. I couldn't even think like a man anymore. The force guiding my legs to run belonged to an older, more primitive urge. The men began to shout, Higgins, Higgins get, get down! down. I couldn't respond. Language wasn't mine to use anymore. I felt hands pull at my pant legs, but these feelings just produced more fear. In my mind, they were the hands of the dead trying to pull me into hell. More shots rang out, many, and I felt a bullet rip through the meat between my neck and my shoulder. My arm went hot and dead. More blood hit me in the face, only this time, it was mine. I instantly felt the loss of blood. My frantic steps stopped, and I fell to my knees. I felt like I had never felt anything else in my life before that. Even the heavenly touch of my doors. In a way, nothing had ever been more real than that gunshot, or more meaningful. In front of me, tracers zipped past my ears and burrowed holes into a tree. Strips of burning bark flew through the air like sparks. In that darkness, it looked like a fireworks display. I was entranced, just lost up there in my headspace. I threw my head back and I cried. Through clearing, I caught the full moon in my eyes. The moon was pure white, save the spots of gray that dotted its pale and powdered face. I thought it was heaven, seeing that pearly moon fill the sky. I knew that somewhere, somehow, my Doris was looking at the same plump moon, watching it with her beautiful blue eyes wondering where I was and hoping against all hope that I was safe. In the blink of an eye, the moon turned from white to silver. My hysteria broke long enough for me to scream because the pain of a thousand deaths had hit me. I saw my hand explode from the wrist to down, and there was something else underneath it, but I didn't know what. A moment later, I was gone. Yeah, so I like that last sentence there that... I saw my hand explode from the wrist down, like the bullets are hitting it, but there's something else underneath it. I didn't know what. And so it is more like he throws off the flesh of his human part, and he regenerates a lot, right? Yes. Because he gets injured, and he knows, oh, I'll be totally like healed after yes. the next transformation. Right. None of this stuff matters to me. Right. There's even parts in the book where he gets shot, and it doesn't really matter because... If, yeah, even if he's near death, if yeah. he transforms, he then is fully healed. And this, that's a little different, I think, too, than the other werewolf tales. 
Yes. Where his parts of his body actually like all come off like he's shedding a skin. Yeah, kind of like that. And also uh, a little different, you know, an, an obvious difference in this one is that the bite, his bite doesn't turn other people into werewolves. Yeah, no one ever raises up. No. Though usually when he's done with them, there's not much left. <laughs> that is also true. I mean, he tears them up pretty, pretty significantly. Um, so the the terrorizing of this uh, serial killer keeps going on. And were there any points where you kind of thought, I wonder if it's so-and-so that's the serial killer? Where you kind of had a hint or you had a yeah, feeling? I think it could have been the photographer a little bit ahead of the time, but yeah. not right away. Yeah, I was about 50 pages ahead on that where I thought it was the photographer. But then there were also points where I thought, well, maybe it's the other the, the other cop, cop that got killed. Yeah. yeah, and so when he gets the scent of at the death scene, right, the murder scene of one of the victims yeah. of the Daisy or the Rose Killer, he scents... He wants to smell as his normal self, the murderer's sense, the smells around the murder scene. And he ends up, right, killing his good friend. Yes. The policeman. Yeah. Who must have went back to the scene of the crime. Yeah. When he went to the scene of the crime to transform, and he's confused as to why that messed up, right? Yes. How did I mess that up? What happened? And then at that point, I thought, well, wait, maybe that policeman was the killer. Oh, yeah. I did. I had a little of that, too. Yes. Yeah. So that created a lot of, uh, obviously, uh, he was very conflicted about that, that he had killed his friend. Yes. Very tough for him. And he almost went back to drinking, and which he was, he was very against drinking. He had been a, a heavy drinker, but he had quit drinking. And he managed to keep away from the booze throughout the book except for one one part and forgotten that was he went they went to um oh, i can't remember the name of the establishment but anthony took him to this place where there were girls who gave them the wet shots right which is where a girl apparently takes a shot of whiskey and then kisses a guy and spits the whiskey into his mouth oh yeah interesting that's a wet I shot for, i forgot that yeah <laughs> I blocked it out. <laughs> so that night he drank. But uh, other than that, he was very anti-drinking. Yeah, there, and there's other times he um, thinks he has the killer. Yes. Right? Yeah. When the one prostitutes with the other guy. Yeah. And he thinks he's, he thinks he's found the guy. It's S&M kind of thing. Yeah. And, and so he's wrong about Ben. And then yeah. and he punches the guy. Again, <laughs> you know, punches like I say, he punches everybody he, in the. Here's friend, he'll punch you. Yeah, punch Just don't, you. Don't you know? Don't get him mad. Yep. Um, but eventually, right? He how did he figure out it was the photographer? Um, he went in human form to get him in the shack. Yes, I forget how. Right, Do you remember? Was it? He was looking at. He was. He happened to be looking through the pictures, some of the pictures that the photographer had given oh, him in his trunk, and he had. Uh, Photographer was particularly fond of this one picture of a tree, and it showed a little shed on the side. And he went into his wolf brain. Oh, memory thing. His memory thing, and his, the memory from his dead friend, the policeman, said, 
I know where that shed is. Oh, okay. I can take better notes. So that then well. that then took Marlowe to that shed, and that's where he confronted Anthony. And uh, Anthony, of course, we we had to have this little bit of tension. Anthony gets the drop on him, gets him tied up, and you think, oh, this is it. it the Wolfman is going to get killed before he gets a chance to extract justice. Yeah, I wasn't exactly sure which way it would go yeah. at that point. Uh, you, you had to keep hoping that he would change and, and get the justice thing going. But he also, to change, it works best for him if he's in the moonlight. Yes. Which was a little tricky thing. So once the moon rays hit him, he starts to do the, the change. He's got some nice descriptive stuff. He went over, gun over his shoulder. This is the Anthony, the bad guy. Yeah. Who is the rose killer? The photographer and pulled the rug from the window frame, sending dust into the air. White moonlight hit the ancient glass and came through silver. The dust particles lit up and shone like a million little stars in that silver light, like fireflies, like angels, like answered prayers. Yes. Nice. Yeah, pretty good writing, yeah. as you say. It washed over me, shocked me like a current. The blood that turned, poured from my face began to bubble and turn to smoke. Anthony dropped the gun from his shaking hands and backed far away into the darkened corner of the shack. As he did so, he knocked the lantern off the hook of the wall with his shoulder. The light that came from it extinguished itself died, and Anthony mumbled something low. A question lost to time. Whoa. Hey, where did I put my other shoe? Yeah. <laughs> and then he got torn up. Yeah, like a lot. Yeah. <laughs> and epilogue, what happened? Did he go to the next town? Was that the end? Or? He did. He moved along. He, he got back on the road. He knew he, he and Alice would, would never have a future together. It's probably for the best. Yes. And <laughs> he knew he, that he couldn't stay. He, he had a kind of a mission to go out and keep up his werewolf vigilanteism. Yep. Clean up the world. So, so is there a moral to this story, Jeff? Uh, uh, yeah, if you ever do a hit and run, you better confess right away. Yeah, or the well, werewolf will come and get you. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't. I don't know. I just thought um, in this case it was just some really interesting characters and with some very realistic characters, believable. And as the opening thing where I found this list of books. You know, from said online, a werewolf tale that has enough differences in it that it'll keep you interested. It's yes. It's not just another boring wolf werewolf story. No, and it was really good. I, I would recommend this book, and it's very sad that the author, uh, that this is his only piece, because I think he would have done really well. Yeah, he seemed like a guy full of ideas. Yeah. And excited to be writing. So, good. Well, that would wrap it up for this show, I think. Yes, it would. We both recommend it, of course. Yes. And thank you for listening to Spine and Sprocket. Be sure to go back and listen to our previous show where we talk about American Werewolf in London. And then we'll take a little break from werewolves and... And get to our first murder mystery thing. Yeah. I know Lemke enjoys the mysteries. Maybe we should invite him back. Yeah, we should. Uh, for Murder on the Orient Express. That'll be coming up in just a few weeks. So. so thanks, everybody, and see you next time on Spine and Sprocket. All right. Bye-bye. I think I said ex exa extract justice. I meant to say exact justice.
Can't you also extract justice? I don't know. Can you extract like something pull it into out justice? of someone else and Except put it into extract some other justice? Possibly. If I could turn into a werewolf, I might be able to extract it. <laughs> Otherwise, it's too hard. Uh, I'd be like, uh, uh, cannot extract this justice. Spine and sprocket.